Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Whiskey Topic, episode 106. I'm Mark Bylock. And I'm Jamie Johnson. And uh, we're still in Fredericton. We're still in Fredericton. It's been a week, and it's, yet we're still here, Jamie. We're What's... still here. <laughs> we, we're, we live here now. It just seems like just, just moments ago we were uh, recording 105, and now we're <laughs> here we're recording 106. Um, but we're, uh, we're very much going to be, a, we're going, you know, we, we've traveled. I feel like we've spent a lot of time in Canada. Yeah. Yes, lately uh, we have. And then we, we talk a little, you know, we went a little bit into the States a little bit, and yep. we, um, we, we started talking about Scotland a little bit. Then we took a trip all the way south to... <laughs> South America, yeah. uh, South Africa, rather, um, and uh, and now we're back to Scotland. We're back to Scotland, um, and I'm super excited to uh, introduce uh, my pal Mike Breezebois, uh from Bunahaven. Oh, how do you what do you what, how do you say it? Bunny. Yeah, bunny, the bunny, the yeah, bunny scotch, the bunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tobermory and Deanston. So I welcome, Mike. So yeah. well, <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Mike. Yeah, thanks um, for coming on. Uh, you you are um, you are a perfect example of a whiskey fan turned professional, a- as Jamie is, as as many on, that are on the podcast are. Um, we're, we're chatting uh, earlier in the previous episode about how you know some people go to distilleries and and you find that if they were like 20, 30 years ago, they just made their own distilleries because those were like really good opportunities, uh, and they still do that today. And then you know we represent brands and everything else. So you're you're a big whiskey fan in Ottawa. You had a whiskey club, not unlike Jamie's whiskey club. Probably more legit than mine, to be honest. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, I founded a whiskey club about five years ago. Uh, it was called Caskers of Ottawa. And the reason for it, my wife was just getting tired of me uh, buying so much whiskey. And, and it, was, it was good, too, because it got to really get me to experience all ranges of whiskeys. And, you know, we, we toured Scotland, we toured Ireland, we went to Canada, you know, spent some time in the States. But uh, it got me the chance to really meet brand ambassadors, got me the chance to meet brand managers and really reach out to them. So uh, that kind of landed me this role uh, because I got to try a, a bottle of uh, Bunnahaven and it blew me away. Oh, boy. So, Bunnahaven. Nope, it's wrong. <laughs> I've got all podcasts Hoven. to figure this out. Bunnahaven. <laughs> yeah. Bunnahaven. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. I, I will once get it right and then get it wrong again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so I fell in love with Bunnahaven and, uh, you know, the explosion of flavors kind of threw me to another level. And, you know, I tried a lot of whiskey and this one here got to me, uh, touched my heart. So I reached out to PMA and uh, asked them uh, if I wanted, actually I asked them if, I want, if there was a brand ambassador I could meet to talk to and they said there was none. So I said, why don't you give me a shot? And they said, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Here you are. Yeah, that's right. Full disclosure, PMA is the same company that Jamie works for as well. Yep, yep. Um, I am, um, I, I, I probably stumbled across Bonahaven. I'm staring. That was, Almost, no, that was that was good. good. That was good. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Had I not stopped, I would have been like I was an expert. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I've been uh, came across Bonahaven in a very uh, serendipitous way. Actually, at this conf- uh, at New Brunswick two years ago, mm-hmm. um, uh, your your master distiller uh, was here, and she did a tasting, and uh, it was really wonderful. I remember going like, "This is this is really good. This is just not like." kind of good this is not just like oh this is like exceptionally good in a mm-hmm. in a very like 
that category of whiskey where there's just a lot of great scotches and kind of what, what, what's what's what you guys do um but the two takeaways are no coloring everything's pretty much bothered 46 percent yeah so uh, unchill filtered yeah every single uh, expression in our core range is uh unchill filtered natural color 46.3 percent and there's like nothing wrong with one way or the other but the interesting thing is the the the, the attention to the the flavors and everything else just really come through the complexity is wonderful the mm-hmm. through the palate just such wonderful whiskeys so I, I the first thing i did is i came to ontario i'm like oh i, I can buy the 18 i just boom just just bought a bottle and yeah. i pretty much try to have it on my shelf all the time it's uh if it's if it starts running empty i get another bottle yeah well, yeah it's always a keeper to have on your shelf mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what 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 do we have right in front of us right now because mm-hmm. it's been a whole five minutes you guys <laughs> <laughs> so a few weeks ago i was doing a master class uh when i was in alberta and i was doing uh, the bonahaven range the 12 18 25 in kilbonic and i realized um i want to switch my master class around now mm-hmm. in turn to my tastings and i want to start with the 25 year mm-hmm. so what we have is a, a bonahaven 25 year and um this whiskey here, it's quite special. It's it's one that you really go to, you know, for those memorable moments and and such. Um, this whiskey we use first fill and second fill sherry casks, and the reason for that we want to keep those natural flavor profiles that Bonahaven has. You know, those deep fruits, those nut characters, um, and with this one here, you get a lot of caramel. This is like a caramel oh uh, sherry fruit cake. Mm. It reminds me of Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. I feel there's like there's Kentucky caramel, there's Canadian caramel, yes. and there's yep. Scotch caramel, yeah. and they're I different agree. caramels they entirely. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's true. Yeah. Actually, that's a very good point. I never thought about that because uh, like the the Canadian caramel is is got this like sort of mapley sort of tinge to it, and then mm. like uh, when I think of like the American caramel, I think of like the caramel that you can get in like a jar, like that yes. very sugary sort of caramel. Yeah. And this is completely different. And, and what I love about Bonahaven, our casts are aged right by the sea. So you're really getting a little bit of that brininess, the, mm. the salt influence in the uh, in that uh, that whiskey as well. That's a little known fact. A lot of Scotch whiskeys are not really aged. In, like they're aged in bigger warehouses, yes. not necessarily mm-hmm. uh, terroir, you know, mm-hmm. inspired in that respect. Um, yeah. So how long has Bonahaven been around? So Bonahaven was established in 1881, uh, started mm-hmm. Stilling Spirit in 1883. Mm-hmm. Um, up to 1963, all of the whiskey was for blends. Mm-hmm. And there was a certain mm-hmm. company that started making single malt whiskey. Uh, so it was a decision to make a change. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I love you say it's a certain company, and it's in our portfolio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of things changed. Uh, yeah, we, we can actually say that. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk about Glenfiddich, yes. yes. So a lot of things changed then. Um, before then, the only way to reach the distillery was by boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so we built a single-track road to lead to the distillery. We started uh, introducing a single malt uh, whiskey itself, released our first single malt in 1979. It was chill-filtered. It was ball at 40% because that's what the market wanted then. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Chill filtration uh, was introduced because, you know, that cloudiness, they thought the consumer saw it as a defect, where now, you know, you see whiskey geeks and whiskey nerds, they want to see everything natural. They want to see that effect when it goes cloudy, when it gets cold, so... I think it's quite beautiful what Bonahaven does with their whiskeys as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a beautiful expression. Mm. What a lovely whiskey that is. This is a this is a quiet room whiskey. You know, you you, you won't enjoy it in a loud room. You won't enjoy yes. it with a group of friends. You'll enjoy it with a small group like mm-hmm. we were doing yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, and just because it just it just stays on the palate and just oh, yeah. just holds on that flavor, and then mm-hmm. the caramels get a little darker, and the dark chocolates come out, and the spice is still there, the butteriness there is there, and the caramel just kind of sits there. It's, it's yeah. so beautiful. It's, uh, it's creamy. I mean, that's where you get mm-hmm. the older scotches. The caramel flavor yeah. just keeps going through. Mm-hmm. You know, the leather is there. You get a touch mm-hmm. of tobacco, mm-hmm. but I get a just a just a huge mouthful of vanilla and caramel. And this is first and uh, refill sherry. Yes. Which is so interesting because those flavor notes are so much, like the vanillas and the caramels are so much affiliated with the American oak. That's right. Um, that it's, but they come through so beautifully on this. Yeah, I find with a lot of the older expressions of Bonahaven, you're getting more of those lighter fruit notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you released a Bonahaven 46 year this year. Mm-hmm. And I call it fruit punch. It's like yeah. tropical. I've never seen that uh, in a whiskey uh, with uh, Bonahaven. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's interesting too. That's a good point because it's uh, first fill of sherry typically does give you like much bigger, sweeter notes. That's this right. This is so much more calmer. That's right. Um, is there a history behind where the sherry barrels are from, or is it kind of? I, I don't have any I detail. Mean, Twenty-five years ago, we, you were you were barely mm-hmm. born back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew one of those age jokes. Uh, were gonna yeah. come out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's wonderful. That's uh, um, it, it does. It's it's not what you would typically expect from a twenty-five-year-old, mm-hmm. uh, primarily sherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, it, and we know if we we mature a whiskey for twenty-five years in a first fill sherry cast, it's going to be overpowering. Mm-hmm. And I asked Dr. Kirsty McCullum why it's first fill and second fill. She said we want to have it a nice balance. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to be overpowering. We want it to be that beautiful balance with you know there's an there's an explosion of flavors here of that caramel vanilla. And a touch of salt, which I think is just beautiful that we could not have if we went first fill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Agreed. this is lovely. If you heard the vacuum outside, it's 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 housekeeping time here at the old Delta. Yeah. <laughs> old Delta Hotel. Fredericton, New Brunswick. If it's not Mark's dogs walking around in the background, it's housekeeping. It's all good. It's I, uh, all good. The last hotel I recorded at in, in Washington, D.C., they were literally doing construction. <laughs> they had stopped during the recording, coincidentally, but I'm just like, why does construction follow Jamie and I, I around know, everywhere? It's, true. it's like your it's ho- true. condo, my, then it's my, my condo, condo yeah. then it's a hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is a lovely, um, like a winter, like it's a very cozy expression. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you could wear this like a blanket. And uh, uh, Mike and I happen to be on the same travel path for the last uh, few months um, as all the brand ambassadors make their way across the country. And we were in Calgary, Alberta, w- wading through, you know, ankle deep snow. <laughs> this this whiskey is perfect for that. Ah, oh, love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And, and Bonahaven's quite unique because it is an Isla whiskey. Mm-hmm. And usually in Isla whiskey, you get those more peat influence, that smoky character. And Bonahaven's unique because we can actually make a gentle whiskey or a gentle dram mm-hmm. on Isla. And that's because we're the only distillery on Isla that has a natural spring water source mm-hmm. that's unaffected by any peaty moorlands. Mm-hmm. So it's, we have something special um, mm-hmm. and we can make something really interesting yeah. uh, on Isla. And Dr. Kristen is excellent. She, I, I saw her speak a few times, and she just knows her things so well. She, she's such a great whiskey maker for the reasons you've explained. It's just mm-hmm. that that attention to detail, and and I do think uh, I do think there's you know um, some some distilleries will go over top on flavors between their twelve, eighteen, twenty five, kind of go over top. Okay, this is what the eighteen is, so we're just gonna do even more. But mm-hmm. I think this is a different expression of the distillery. And I think I, I really respect it for that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move to the eighteen. So the reason why I mentioned I'm going to start with the 25-year in my class is because the 18 is quite powerful. Mm. It is a first-fill sherry cask. And when I do an 18 before a 25, you can't really appreciate that beautiful balance that a 25-year has. So this 
18 year is uh, matured in Firstville Sherry cast. And you may look at it, it's not as dark as a lot of the Firstville Sherry cast. And, and the reason is it's getting much, much harder to get Sherry cast. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Kirsten McCollum has asked me to tell everybody, please drink more Sherry because we need it. <laughs> we need yeah. those casts. Yeah. We, we should dedicate like four episodes to Sherry. hundred percent. It would actually make a lot of sense to do a lot of episodes on Sherry because honestly, it, 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 like there's so many whiskeys that are aged or, or, or finished in, in sherry casks mm-hmm. and they're just, they're not as easy to get a hold of nowadays. And mm-hmm. as far as I know, the whiskey industry is sort of, is, is sort of helping the, the sherry industry along making casks and mm-hmm. things like that because it's just not happening. So yeah. drink sherry just like uh, your grandparents. That's Don't right. use it just yeah. for cooking. Actually, there's some quite lovely sherries out there, some sipping sherries that yeah. you can, yeah. All the hipsters are going to bring it back. It's up to yeah. them. It's the really millennials them. have got yeah. to get on this. It's you're right. You're right. It is. It is going to be up to the hipsters and, yep. and the trendsetters. <laughs> the trendsetters. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, yeah. is that us? We are. Well, we, you know, <laughs> we, we do that sometimes. So we should. We should. We we need to. If you're listening <laughs> to this podcast and make sherry, yes. um, <laughs> get in touch with us. Get in touch with us. <laughs> A and, nice, lovely, dry sherry. Uh, yes. Lovely. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes. I think too commercially sweet. We want to try. <laughs> so this one here, mm. yeah, first fill sherry cast. You get a lot of deep fruits in the nose. You get those toffee, those nut characters, but you get a lot more salt in this one here. Uh, the barrels oh, wow. for the Bunahavan 18 year are aged closest to the sea. So that salt penetration is really more influenced in those barrels there. Oh, yeah. This one blows my mind yeah, every time. Sweet spot of that distillery. Just always, so great. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is stunning. But yeah, so if we were to start with the 18 and went to the 25, it, mm-hmm. it would have just, I believe, takes it away. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's great. And, um, you know, and we, we should say it's all about, so that's 46%, and that's why you don't really need to do chill filtration at that point, because you're not going to get cloudy whiskey. Well, you'll still get cloudy. You, you put this outside overnight, it, it's going right. to be cloudy. Sure. Um, but it just gives that essence where about half an hour, 45 minutes, and we'll go cloudy. Mm-hmm. But it... What I love about it is if you can have fun with it. You want a couple of drops of water in there. You want to put a splash. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's not really not going to tame it down too much. Yeah. So if yeah. you can really have fun. That's terrific. Terrific scotch. Wonderful expression. Um, still not what you would expect compared to like a Glen Farkas, let's say, uh, where it's very, very sherry, cinnamon, mm-hmm. sweet. This is this is definitely more on the temperate side. And the, the, the oak really comes through. The spice really comes Absolutely. through. The caramel is wonderful. Um those, those dried, dried fruity notes are wonderful. Yeah. It's still a belter of a whiskey. That's a, mm-hmm. It's a nice, rich mouthful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. Mm. You know, uh, Boone of Hive has really been enjoying a, a lot of success with Whiskey Geeks. You do have, you do have a peated expression. We uh, do. Yeah. So we have the uh, Bunnahoven Kilbanek, which is uh, it's a batch release every year. Mm-hmm. So we're on our third batch. And it, it's quite popular, I'll be honest. It's... Uh, you know, it's about 45 phenol, uh, matured in ex-bourbon barrels. And what I love about it is the story behind that bottle. It's t- giving what Bunnahoppin was when we first were established in the early 1900s, where peat was used, you know, to heat our homes. Peat was used to dry barley. And peat was used for a lot of trade uh, on the island. Mm-hmm. So we brought a, a bottle to replicate the village where, you know, the ships were coming in with that barley. and You smelled that sweet barley from the ocean. You got that salt influence from the sea, and you got the peat around you. So that's all in a bottle. So it's really, you know, sweetness of peat and salt. And it's it's beautiful. And sorry, what is it called again? Kelbonic. And can you repeat that, please, Mark? Kelbonic. 
Kalbonic. Oh, wow. good. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Look at you. Know, you. If I was in Scotland for three weeks, I, I would pick up. When you I go, would whenever, pick up an accent. Whenever I go to Kentucky, I immediately start like saying Louisville properly. And yeah, I now I can say, say Louisville. I say Louisville. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's just the way you say it. it, it, it t- but it takes a few weeks. It really does. Yeah. And yeah. then you start climatizing. Yep. Um, and then you like start speaking at the accent. People are like, mm, you're kind of making fun of us now. This yeah, is not okay. Yeah. I do that uh, when I go to Newfoundland. It's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Because uh, my best oh, friend Oh, yeah. Your, your East Coast comes out. My East Coast comes out. Yeah. So it comes out really hard. Yeah. I go to the bar. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I call home and my husband's like, oh, my gosh, this is you are you must be on the East Coast now. Because yes. the uh, that that's that's a stereotypical Canadian accent. It's kind of that Newfoundlander East Coast so accent. It's like the flat sort of vowels and like, yeah. And it's a uh, yeah, it's uh, the bar. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm gonna go to the bar. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I know how to say oh. with my Newfoundland accent. I feel like I've heard more from you after a few drinks. It's No, it's probably, but I'm not from the East Coast, which is the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. Not anywhere, no, but uh, I pick it up too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. No, um, you're doing, so you've got a few more brands in your portfolio, which is wonderful. Uh, what, what else is... Uh, what else do you represent as far as scotch? And how does it differ than Deadwood and Highland? Well, well, I have Deanston, and, and Deanston is a, a Highland whiskey. And uh, what differentiates the both is, is really the style of the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Isla, Bunnahaven, you're going to get a more meaty, more heavy base whiskey. Deanston, it's, you get a lot more honey notes, a lot more fruit notes from green apples. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, all of our whiskeys are really, uh, 80% of them go to blends. So we only keep about 20% for our single malts. What blended scotch do they go into? Mm-hmm. Well, Deanston goes uh, in Scottish Leader, uh-huh. uh, which is one, one of our brands. All right. <laughs> there you go. Scottish Leader. Uh, quite popular in the Asian market. Asian market, yeah. I think uh, if I want to have a good, good, sounds like a very good drinking night, I'm going to have the Scottish Leader. There you mm-hmm. go. How many pints is that? It's like three pints. There you go. Yeah, and, and I, I could only assume that it goes in our black bottle blend as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, for other blends, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, um, a, a very, I mean, typical story, uh, is there's a lot of distillers in Scotland. They made scotch primarily for blended market cause that's sold right. so much. Um, and then people were curious, like, well, let's take the, what we make and let's remarket this as its own distillery because single malts are, you know, yeah. I mean, they, I still hear this like, yeah, blended scotch account for 90% of sales in Scotland and whiskey. And they do, yeah. mm-hmm. but that, that single malt scotch, that premium market has been, has been going it up has. significantly. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're seeing, um, all these wonderful distillers have been making whiskeys for, you know, in some cases, hundreds of years yeah. mm-hmm. come out and bring their juice, what that's they right. contribute to those blends. That's right. Well, yeah. you look at Deanston, Deanston is a relatively young distillery. It's only been around 50 years. The building itself <laughs> was young. Yeah, it's <laughs> very young. young. Yeah. The building itself was established in 1785 and was a cotton mill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the cotton really depleting and the demand for it, it was decided to close down the cotton mill and reopen it as a whiskey distillery. Right. So it's really a quite a beautiful place. It's unique. Uh, you know, the old weaving sheds where the cotton was stored is our warehouse. So it's like the perfect place to store whiskey. You know, humidity factors are low. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the change in temperature fluctuation is minimal. It's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful distillery. And it's quite young. But Deanston likes to experiment and have fun. Uh, you know, like our distillery exclusives, we have uh, a seven-year and an eight-year uh, matured in red wine casks. So you really get a completely different flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And just recently, I have this one here, the Deanston 14-year Spanish oak. That's the most recent distillery exclusive from Deanston. So we like to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other distillery I present is uh, Tobamori from the mm-hmm. Isle of Mull. 
I don't drink enough Tobermory in my life. I feel like that's uh, <laughs> not one of those uh, whiskey. I mean, because, you know, it's true. You're, you're in this business and, you know, whiskey enthusiasts just go for certain distilleries. Yeah. And that's certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. And I just, mm-hmm. I just have not had that much because it's just, there's so many other, there's just so many things to drink. Yeah. Um, uh, but whiskey geeks love that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Tobermory, it's, you know, when you, def- you asked me the question about what, differentiates the three distilleries you know deanston has more of that honey that fruit uh, spice from that, that a typical highland whiskey would give and you know the isla whiskey you know aside from our core range of uh, 12 18 25 we have the kelbonic which you know is our pd expression that sits well with an isla whiskey um but the isla mall tobermory you get earth notes mm-hmm. now our water source flows through natural limestone so you get those earth notes that you know a lot of people aren't accustomed to but it's quite beautiful when you're for me as a whiskey geek uh, i want to try something that's different mm-hmm. i want to explore my palate on different flavors and that's what tobermory gives uh you know gingerbread citrus uh, earth notes and you know we produce two single malts at tobermory mm-hmm. we have tobermory which is unpeated and we have our lechic which is peated mm-hmm. uh six months of the year one and the other so how much do you believe in this whole limestone changing the <laughs> um, um, thing? Because you know there, there's there's you're, they're gonna have you're gonna have people tell you I'm sure on Twitter they're like well limestone does it really matter the water gets filtered da 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 yeah uh, but from what from what I've uh, you know as much as my, my bias on this is it really especially during fermentation yeah. what's in that water generally does present a character in what's being fermented and that mm-hmm. character just like with with peat yeah. peat mm-hmm. is something from the ground that makes itself that presents itself during fermentation and makes it all the way through distillation through barreling mm-hmm. uh, and through aging and so I've my I'm, that's kind of where I go with it what's what's your what's your opinion on that well, I think it does I think it stays in I think uh, you know the surrounding area this is my own personal belief wherever the whiskey's aged I believe there's some characteristics from that place you know you look at the Tomori 15 that we had a few years back it was aged about 14 years at Deanston and we brought it back to the island for a year. And all of a sudden, you got those salt and that briny, that beautiful island character into the whiskey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I believe that the environment, that limestone. You know, I went up to Mary's Well, and I had a little bit of the water there. I nosed mm-hmm. it. It was earthy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I can yeah. say that those earth notes that I find in a Tobermory expression is truthful to the water source. Well, it's one of those things, I think, that uh, with whiskey making, as much of it as is, is sort of a science and, um, you know, you can... You can you know put your whiskeys through a computer and it can tell you certain things but mm-hmm. there's also that element of sort of like not ma- like ma- magic kind of because mm-hmm. you, you can't the unknown you, little parts exactly yeah. and so like you know you can have um you know two casks sitting right next to each other for mm-hmm. the same amount of time filled on the same day with the same you know spirit that ran off the still within you know five minutes of each other and and uh and x amount of years later you get two completely different expressions mm-hmm. um so it's there is that element and i think that's like part of the romance of it obviously but also you know it, it's part of the fun of whiskey is mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. like well what happens if we uh, put this cask over here for a year how's that going to change it so if you can have two casts side by side that are completely different then what does it mean for xyz so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i i the whole limestone thing for me i i kind of believe it too like yeah. there's got to be something well i mean i think uh the the, the big story from uh, in japanese whiskey was when they were trying to reproduce scotch their biggest challenge was um, it wasn't tasting right. It wasn't tasting right. And they started using water from the northern parts of, uh, from sorry, the higher parts of J- uh, Japan, the mountains. Mm-hmm. And that water source was what gave them a more 
scotch competitive product mm-hmm. uh, and that was you know in the 30s and 40s uh, yeah. and they, they were just like it's water it's just that that's what makes the difference I mean there's only so many things that go into making whiskey mm-hmm. they've got to make a difference each one of them <laughs> has to have an impact and they really. do all manage to taste different which is <laughs> <laughs> it's true uh, no but I mean it's true I mean there's just so much goes into it I, I, I agree with you there's like I, I think I've said this on the podcast before everybody makes whiskey the same way and it's always different like, and it's, yep. everybody does it completely differently like yep. it's just it, it's so many steps involved um, yep. uh, between that and um, yeah yeah um, so how's your life been in the last three years uh, representing uh, these wonderful brands of whiskey like have you I guess a lot more travel time yeah a lot more travel a lot more whiskey have, have people that have run whiskey clubs come to you and been like I've got a whiskey club too and have yeah. you done that, that yeah. element yeah so I, I stay in contact with a lot of whiskey clubs because I, I really want to know what they're into Mm-hmm. You know, and I get to know that Bonnehaven Kilbonic in Quebec is huge. Lechik 10 in Quebec is huge. I know the Deanston portfolio out west is quite remarkable. So it's, you know, they're the ones telling me this information. So it's it's great to stay in the know with the clubs mm-hmm. to really, you know, keep on and uh, know what's the hit whiskey and what's going on in the region. Yeah, I think whiskey gatherings, and I mm-hmm. we do this all the time with having fan, uh, friends that drink whiskey. You know what they enjoy and mm-hmm. having them try different things that you kind of orchestrate a little bit, but like, here, tell me what you think of this and getting ideas of different palettes and what, they, what yeah. they're enjoying is a wonderful, wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you run a whiskey club out there, Pick a, yeah. pick a whiskey that's not represented by a brand yeah. in your area and send them off an email. Be like, hey, I want to talk to your brand ambassador. And they'll be like, we don't have one. Like, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> it may work for you too. No, that's amazing. That's yeah. But again, being such a you know, whiskey fan and having mm-hmm. that translate into, into this is wonderful. And it's a lot of luck. And a lot of people ask me, how? And I said, right time, right place, and yeah. a little bit of luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, as a little cheat sheet for us, so we have uh, Buna Haven, mm-hmm. we have Dean St. Tobermore, we can figure out how to say those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when you say Lechik, <laughs> how do you spell that? L-E-D-A-I-G. L-E-D-A-I-D. So Lechik. if you want to say Ledeg, Ledeg, don't. Okay. It's Lechik. Lechik. Yeah. And it's funny, I, I said to Mike the other day, I was like, I wonder how many people are held back from ordering or trying something mm-hmm. like a, a Bonahaven. Um, they would probably feel comfortable saying Ledeg, uh, and oh, no yeah. one would no one would mm-hmm. correct them. Um, but one day they'll hear, it's like it's like the story that you, you told us of, mm-hmm. of going to the, the distillery and being corrected on how to say Bonahaven. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Lechik means safe haven. So I think Lechik sounds better on a box than saying safe haven whiskey. Yes, and, exactly. Right. Oh, much better. So yeah. the, the safe reason... haven whiskey actually sounds like a bourbon, doesn't mm-hmm. it? No, it does. Sounds like something a yeah. bourbon would be called. Yeah. It's yeah. almost yeah. like crafted in Wyoming, yeah. and, uh, but it's safe really MGP haven. product. Create, create yeah, your own bourbon exactly. independent bottle. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. But I always, I always, um, I'm always curious at, at how many people are, are intrigued uh, by Bunahaven mm-hmm. and stay away from it because they're too embarrassed and yeah. they, don't, they don't know they're going to say it right. Well, one of the concerns too was the bottle design. So mm-hmm. you were looking at, and it's being released, a new bottle design. And you know, it's, we're cu- still keeping the helmsman because, mm-hmm. you know, showcasing that, you know, we used to have all of our barley transported uh, by ship and exported back uh, to the island, to the mainland from by ship. So mm-hmm. we made a more modern looking bottle, make it more appealing. So people aren't too afraid to to approach it so. mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. added blue to the bottle yeah to okay. the 18 
That's awesome. No, the black I think is really mm -hmm. a charming bottle. Um, it's a very charming bottle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a charming whiskey too. My goodness. It's such a charming whiskey. I know. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. Mike's pretty charming too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a good guy to have another buddy. <laughs> Mark almost on the spot there. <laughs> yes, Mike, I find you very charming. Thank you. Um, well, this is uh, this has been wonderful. I um, we may uh, stop recording and taste a few more of your whiskeys, but I might have to be later on today. Uh, where can people find you on the Twitter spheres and Instagram? So and all that? Tw uh, Twitter, Instagram, Maltman Canada. Mm -hmm. Maltman Canada. Yeah. It's a very good name. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, and what do you typically post about? Like, what's your... Usually uh, what I'm drinking, uh, where I am at, uh, people I meet. He uh, posted a great picture of his suitcase the other day. I thought you were going to say, he posted a great picture of me. That's... <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm still waiting. Oh, you're not including Jamie on your feet. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't decide which whiskey to bring, so I just filled up a suitcase full and posted it on Twitter. So oh, yeah. He literally, like, and so, and then he walks into a tasting yesterday. He came right from the airport like a trooper with his suitcase. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's the suitcase, like, full of whiskey, but where's your suitcase full of clothes? He's like, I didn't bring one. It's in my backpack. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Priorities. <laughs> Hashtag priorities. Oh, love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. True whiskey awesome. fan. Yep. Yeah. So if uh, here's a, a tip about Maltman Mike is mm -hmm. if you ever catch him on the street, he probably has a sample of something in his pocket. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You sound like Jamie. You know, he doesn't even have a purse. He doesn't have a great place. He just he just has this stuff all, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh. Yep. It's always a pleasure. Any chance I can share some love of Bunnahaven, <laughs> yeah. Dean or Tomori, or Lechik, I will. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's what we like to hear. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, where can we find you on the line, Mark? Uh, M-E-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K. -E and I'm at Bourbon Thing. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming Thanks, on. Thanks, Thank Mike. you for having me. Cheers. 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 Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sold.